0: Trapcast Express. Express. Trapcast Express, it's Monday, September 20th, 2021. The Church of Mercy, Tolerance, and Inclusion, headquartered in Vatican City, has just announced that as of October 1st, only those people holding the Vatican Green Pass, or some equivalent, will be allowed entry. This restriction, however, does not apply to those simply attending a liturgical function. Yeah, otherwise, I guess no one would show up. The ordinance was issued on Saturday by the Pontifical Vatican City State Commission. More specifically, what will be required for entry is the Vatican Green Pass, the European Green Pass, or a foreign COVID-19 certification Proving vaccination, recovery, or a negative rapid molecular or antigenic test, as Vaticanist Diane Montagna reports on Twitter today. Now, this is interesting also because, as we now know, the fully vaccinated can still contract and spread the SARS-CoV-2 virus, yet a negative test is not required of those people. It's only required of the unvaccinated. In other words, according to this new ordinance, you are perfectly welcome to carry the virus into Vatican City and spread it to others as long as you're vaccinated. Those wanting to enter the Vatican merely to attend a Eucharistic celebration or other liturgy Although they're exempt from these requirements, will have to perform the usual COVID hygiene rituals of masking, distancing, and so forth. So, keep in mind, beginning October 1st, if you want to enter Vatican City for reasons other than participating in a liturgy, you will need proof of vaccination, proof of recovery, or a negative test. Everyone else will be marginalized and excluded No bridge for them, just walls. In other news, the semi-traditionalist flagship publication The Remnant is accusing the head of the Vatican II sect of leading a war on sanctifying grace. In an article posted on June 14th, contributor Robert Morrison outlined the various ways in which Jorge Bergoglio demonstrates that the salvation of souls, how to put it, is not exactly one of his priorities, if he even believes in the concept at all. Although Morrison concedes that Francis deserves considerable blame for the mess he's made, nevertheless, the remnant contributor also brings up the diabolical disorientation that must surely play a role here as well, although, truth be told, the infernal work that has been done by the novel Sordo hierarchy looks a lot more deliberate, purposeful, and determined than merely disoriented. At the end of his article, Morrison even expresses his hope that Francis might convert to Catholicism one day. And that is indeed a pious thought, and Morrison's criticism is really spot-on, the problem is just that he and the other writers at the Remnant believe that the infernal false prophet they are criticizing is the Pope of the Catholic Church, who keeps the gates of hell from prevailing. And lastly, an interesting article entitled Tradition Devoured by the Magisterium appeared on the Semi-Trad blog Rorate Celi on September 1st. The name of the author is not given, but the translator is noted as being Peter Kwasniewski, the original having been written in Spanish. The article criticizes what it claims is an undue recent shift in the church from emphasizing tradition to emphasizing the magisterium. Quote, a kind of reduction of tradition to the magisterium has been slowly taking place since the beginning of the second millennium and more rapidly in the last few centuries, This, the author believes, is a dangerous development. He writes disapprovingly, quote, To put it in an exaggerated way, Catholics today believe in tradition because the magisterium commands it, unquote. Well, please pardon the flippancy here, but, duh, of course. The Catholic believes in Scripture and tradition because the infallible authority on earth, established by God himself, the Catholic Church, tells him so. She is the guardian of Scripture and tradition, and without her we would not know what is divinely inspired scripture, nor what is divine tradition. Otherwise, all we'd have is mountains of writings from various historical authors, at least allegedly, with each individual Catholic having to figure out for himself what is in line with God's revelation and what isn't. Now, speaking of tradition, St. Augustine of Hippo, a church father and doctor who lived in the 4th and 5th centuries, wrote the following in chapter 5 of his treatise against the fundamental epistle of Manichaeus. Quote, For my part, I should not believe the gospel except as moved by the authority of the Catholic Church. Unquote. So there, that's the testimony of Tradition. You see, the church existed before divine revelation was even complete. There was already a magisterium before all of sacred tradition had been publicly revealed and all of sacred scripture had been written. Remember, divine revelation, public revelation, did not cease until the death of the last apostle, which was around 100 A.D. So, how is it that we believe in the Catholic Church to begin with? On what grounds do we accept her authority? We do so on account of what's called the external motives of credibility. And these can be found explained and defended at length in pre-Vatican II apologetics books, such as We Stand with Christ by Father Joseph Clifford Fenton, which has since been reprinted under the title Laying the Foundation— The Credentials of the Catholic Church by the Reverend J.B. Bagshaw. It's B A G S H A W E. Defense of the Catholic Church by Father Francis X. Doyle. And the pre Vatican II editions of the book The Faith of Millions by Father John O'Brien. So basically 1958 and before that book went through uh, numerous editions and uh, you don't want to get the uh, post-Vatican II ones. So these are just some of the examples of uh, popular books written for the laity to prove the rational foundation of the Roman Catholic religion. Now, these motives of credibility are very important, especially in our day, because they are denied and attacked by the Novus modernists, who undermine this rational foundation by appealing instead to a subjective experience, to an encounter with God. But that can never be the foundation for the true faith, because, as St. Pius X said, quote, on what grounds can modernists deny the truth of an experience affirmed by a follower of Islam? Will they claim a monopoly of true experiences for Catholics alone? Unquote. That's from the encyclical Paschendi, paragraph 14. Also, the First Vatican Council in 1870 produced a beautiful dogmatic constitution on the Catholic faith that uh, explains uh, faith and reason and how they work together, and uh, it also condemns various errors relating to that. We're not saying that the Catholic faith can be reduced to the historical evidence for the Catholic religion. That would not be faith. What we are saying is that the motives of credibility establish that it is reasonable to have faith in the Catholic Church. This faith is still a gift from God. We are still required to use our free will to assent internally to what God has revealed. And His grace is needed to move our will. But the motives of credibility show that it is reasonable to give this assent and that it is unreasonable not to. Okay, now returning to the greatly misinformed and misleading article published by Rorate Cheli. Look, of course we all know what the author's motivation is here in, in, in publishing this article. He's trying to de-emphasize the role and authority of the Magisterium precisely because the Magisterium he believes in, the Nuals Ordo Magisterium, isn't in sync with sacred tradition and it doesn't promote or safeguard divine revelation. On the contrary, it actually attacks it. So, this article is just another effort to come to terms with the false modernist magisterium without embracing the dreaded and detested Sedevacantism. But, unfortunately for the author, the Catholic tradition is that it is precisely the divinely established and guaranteed function of the Catholic magisterium to propose what is contained in sacred scripture and sacred tradition, lest each individual Catholic should have to become his own magisterium like the Protestants. And so therefore, Pope Leo XIII taught, quote, It belongs to the Pope to judge authoritatively what things the sacred oracles contain, as well as what doctrines are in harmony and what in disagreement with them. And also, for the same reason, to show forth what things are to be accepted as right and what to be rejected as worthless, what it is necessary to do and what to avoid doing in order to to attain eternal salvation." For otherwise, there would be no sure interpreter of the commands of God, nor would there be any safe guide showing man the way he should live. Unquote. And that is Leo XIII in the encyclical Sapientiae Christianae, number 24. Also, on October 24, 1954, Pope Pius XII issued a radio message to the International Congress on Mariology. Now, Mariology is the branch of Catholic theology that concerns itself with divine revelation relating to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Here is what Pius XII declared, quote, The work of research, inasmuch as it concerns Mariology, will proceed all the more safely and with greater fruit the more constantly there is present to the eyes of all that immediate and universal rule of truth established for all theologians in matters of faith and morals, namely the sacred magisterium of the church. Later in the same message he says, Nor is it lawful to investigate and explain the documents of tradition, and at the same time neglect or minimize the sacred magisterium and the life and worship of the Church as they have manifested themselves in the course of the centuries. For sometimes the documents of antiquity seen simply in themselves give little light, but if they are joined with and compared to the liturgical life of the Church with the faith, devotion, and piety of the Christian people— which the same magisterium supports and directs, they furnish splendid testimonies to Catholic truth. In fact, the Church in all the ages of her life is ruled and guided by the Holy Spirit not only in defining and teaching the faith but also in her worship and in the exercise of the piety and devotion of the faithful and by the same Spirit is infallibly directed to the knowledge of revealed truth, unquote. Again, that was Pope Pius XII from his radio message to the International Congress on Mariology, October 24, 1954. Likewise, Pope Leo XIII had declared, quote, Christ instituted in the Church a living, Authoritative and permanent magisterium, which by his own power he strengthened, by the spirit of truth he taught, and by miracles confirmed. He willed and ordered, under the gravest penalties, that its teachings should be received as if they were his own. That's from the encyclical Satis Cognitum, number nine. And finally, in his encyclical against the neo-modernism of his day, Humani Generis, Pope Pius XII, pointed out that Christ's words to his disciples in Luke 10.16, he who heareth you heareth me, apply to the Church's teaching authority, and for that reason, that authority, that magisterium, must be adhered to. In the same text, Pius XII taught that in addition to scripture and tradition, quote, God has given to his church a living, teaching authority to elucidate and explain what is contained in the deposit of faith only obscurely and implicitly. This deposit of faith our divine Redeemer has given for authentic interpretation not to each of the faithful, not even to theologians, but only to the teaching authority of the Church, unquote. That's Humani Generis, paragraph 21. Now, all of this makes perfect sense, doesn't it? The reason why it doesn't jive with the Novus Ordo magisterium of Francis and his five faithless predecessors is not because there's a flaw in the Catholic understanding of the magisterium, or because there's been an undue shift of emphasis, or because tradition has been devoured by the magisterium, but rather because Francis is not the Pope. The Novus Ordo sect is not. The Catholic Church and its magisterium is not the teaching authority established by Jesus Christ, our Lord. There, fixed it for you. Tratcast Express is a production of Novus Ordo Watch. Check us out at Tratcast.org, And if you like what we're doing, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution at novusordo.watch.org/donate.